Episode of Live One for One, where we have conversations that challenge us to live a life that will change a life. My name is John, and today I'm actually running solo, and I'm excited though because I have a conversation that I want to chat with you a little bit about, and it's about obedience. Check it out. Yes, I am running solo, and glad to be here. I so believe in having conversations that challenge us to live a life that will change a life. That regardless of whether we have somebody that's a guest or we're doing an interview or we have a panel discussion and we're just going to keep having these discussions weekly because I think like we all need it. We really do. And uh, maybe if even it just inspires one person, I know uh, just this conversation that we're going to have today uh, inspires me um, just because of the the word that, that we're going to read together. So I was reading my devotional and I don't know if you have a devotional that you read. Maybe you do. Um, there's one that I highly recommend if you don't have one, or maybe you have one and you've been using it a long time and you need to switch, it's always good to mix it up. But there's one called New Morning Mercies by a gentleman by the name of Paul David Tripp. Great read. And uh, he just gives you a daily devotion that you can read. Uh, it goes through the entire year. And one of the things I love about it, it's very gospel-centered, so he's always going to point to Christ. And the other thing that I really like about it is it's not really about you trying to become a better person as much as it is uh, resting in the grace and the sovereignty of God and the work of the Holy Spirit to actually make you more like Christ. Very, very deep conversation and can can kind of seem hard to think about when you think, well, don't we need to try? Yeah, we do. But even in our best efforts, right, we can't please God. So the Holy Spirit is what, is what, uh, drives us to become more like Jesus. Um, and I love that he doesn't really highlight a lot of the conversation around, you know, that just better behavior, but really more about more surrender and and uh, dependency upon the work of Christ that he did at the cross and also um, what the Holy Spirit's doing in our life. So anyways... Uh, December 11th, this is yesterday's, he was talking about obedience. And he says this, he says, if obedience is a personal act of worship, then disobedience is personal too. Every sin is a violation of a relationship, a sin against God. When we talk about obedience, the first thing that I think of, (laughs) I don't know why, is I think of my kids. We're always, if you have children, you know that you're trying to continually teach them to learn to be obedient. Usually you want them to do it the first time. You know, I know for me, when I have my kids and I'm telling them to do something, I'll say, hey guys, I need you to do this the first time. I don't want to have conversations back and forth about what you should or should not do. I I actually was just having a conversation with my son, Ben, the other day, and uh, my wife called me and she said, you know, I I just need you to talk to Ben. I need you to have a conversation with him. And I said, okay. So I said, well, what's going on? And she basically just said, you know, he's kind of at this stage where he's just arguing back and forth and really more just trying to negotiate is really his big thing. And so I end up going back home and I end up talking to Ben and I, and him and I have a great conversation. And the essence of it really is, Hey Ben, we, we really need you to be able to just listen the first time. And it's not that we don't want to hear your thoughts and ideas. We do, but you need to be self-aware and 
gather your thoughts and then maybe we can talk about them after you've already completed what we've asked you to do. And then when the dust has settled a little bit and not everyone's crazy and there's not so much uh, intensity going on with trying to get everything done, that maybe then later you can say, hey, can I talk to you about something? And absolutely, let's work through that. Let's talk about it. Maybe we can do some things better. Maybe I could have done some things better. But really, we're talking about that first time obedience. Funny enough, we actually recently got a, a puppy as well, too. And what are we trying to teach our, our pup, right? We're trying to teach him uh, obedience. We're trying to teach him, hey, you know, stop going to the bathroom on the floor. Let's get him outside and start teaching him and training him to be able to be obedient in the things that we value in our home and that we want for our home. Um, one being that we don't have a dog urinating and pooping all over the place, which would be fantastic. He's actually right next to me. Hey, buddy. So obedience is a tough thing. It's something that is a lifelong lesson, you know, and I know for me personally, when you look at your life, you're always having to ask yourself, man, are there areas in my life where I'm obedient? Are there areas where I'm not obedient? And why am I not being obedient? What are the, what's the reason behind that? Really the essence of it is, is rebellion is the, the, the essence of why we choose not to be obedient, even though it sounds really, really harsh is rebellion. And he goes on to share in this devotional, which was one of the reasons I love these devotionals because he kind of shares some thoughts about the you know the first statement that he made, and then he he always gives you a further reading and study and encouragement at the end of each of his devotional, and it's kind of funny because this is not necessarily very encouraging when you're looking at um, what he shares, but it's basically First Samuel 15, and um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically in First Samuel 15 you have uh, you have three people that are kind of in this whole conversation. You have Saul, you have Samuel, and you have God. Now, God basically told Saul, he said, hey, I, I want you to kill King Agag. And this king was a wicked king, and he had, it was a very wicked group of people, and there was a lot of wickedness that they did towards Israel. And so God's like, I want you to kill him. I don't want you to leave any of his ox or sheep or cattle. I want you to kill everything. I want no spoils. Do not take anything for yourself. Don't take any women and children and kill everything. Get rid of it all. And Saul says, okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and do this. So Saul goes out and he actually decides that he's not going to do that. He starts to recognize things that maybe would be of value to him. Um, and so because of things that he sees as value, he allows his, his, um, uh, his soldiers to plunder and they take for themselves things that they, they were supposed to destroy. And, uh, he didn't kill the King. And really what ends up happening is Samuel confronts Saul and basically says, your King, you were not obedient. And because of your disobedience, your kingdom is now stripped of you. And now Saul kind of starts to justify his behavior and why he did what he did. And, uh, the king actually comes out, King Agag, which he was supposed to kill. And, um, Samuel actually, kills the king and says that he actually dices him up into pieces. So dude went like Mortal Kombat finish him style on this king. And and as he left, Saul grabs the robe of Samuel because he's he's pleading that his kingdom wouldn't be stripped from him. 
and the rope tears. And as the rope tears, um, Samuel basically says, just as my robe has been torn, so has this, the kingdom been torn from you. And really, that's kind of the spiral uh, at that point where Saul is, is, he knows he's losing his kingdom. And then, as you know, you know, you have David who eventually enters in and, um, you know, he's paranoid about him losing his kingdom and, it, and he eventually does. And when you look at these type of passages of scripture, I mean, it, it sounds pretty intense and you can kind of ask yourself, my goodness, when it looks, when it comes to my life, you know, are there, if we're followers of Jesus and there's areas where we are not being obedient in, I mean, is God just going to, you know, rip our kingdom away? Is he, I mean, it sounds really intense. And I know when I look at um, my own life and I think of obedience, I think that there definitely is a, a very real, a very real trust when the Lord is allowing and giving us things to steward, whether that's be whether that's our family or uh, whether that's the job that we're in or the the title that we're in or the church that we serve in or fill in the blank. And if we find ourselves not being able to be obedient in these small things that He's given us, how are we going to ever be obedient with things that maybe we're really asking and believing God for? We won't be because if we can't be obedient with small things, there's no way we're going to be obedient with big things. And I do believe that obedience or obedience, I do believe that obedience can actually elevate our reach and give us the ability to accomplish everything as God has called us to accomplish in our life and what he's created for. And I also believe that disobedience can absolutely cause us to not live a life that he has created us for maybe a very subpar, mediocre life because we just maybe continually have sins in our life that are unre- that we're not repentant for. Maybe there are strongholds in our life. Maybe there are things that we just uh, are try, to, try to justify. And really, that's what Saul was doing. He was justifying his behavior, and he was having that kind of that same conversation I was having about with my son Ben. I was just going back and forth and negotiating. He was really negotiating with Samuel on why he did what he did and why he didn't really need to to carry out exactly the mission, the way the Lord wanted him to do it and why he kind of cut some corners. And there was no tolerance though. It was immediately his kingdom was divided and he was confronted for his disobedience. And I know that when we live lives where we are trying to justify our behavior and we aren't bending our knee and just saying, Lord, I have been very disobedient and it's rebellion. And the crazy thing is, is that the Bible says that rebellion is a form of witchcraft, which is, I don't, I mean, I've never practiced witchcraft, but I mean, I've seen enough movies where, I mean, I'm not sure that's really witchcraft when you watch, but I guess it is. I don't know. But either way, when you think of, when you think of witchcraft and you think, man, my rebellion's not like witchcraft. Like, how was that the same thing? But that's how serious God takes it. It's like, man, when you're talking about manipulation, rebellion, and disobedience, that's the same as, as witchcraft, that it's that serious in the eyes of the Lord that it can actually stop us from accomplishing the things that God has for us. And the crazy thing is that when you think about what Samuel said to Saul is it wasn't just words that were spoken specifically to Saul, like Saul, you're, 
your kingdom is going to be stripped from you, but they're going to succeed. You know, really what we see is that his, his choices affected his kingdom in which he was ruling. And so when you think of our own kingdoms, okay, like think of your homes, think of the people that God has gifted you to steward, think of whatever circle of influence that you're in and God's given you authority over it. Maybe it's your title, whatever. When we're living a life of disobedience, that is not only affecting us personally and the blessings that God has for us in our life, but it's also affecting our places of employment. It's affecting our kids because they're seeing you live a disobedient life in certain areas that maybe you're trying to justify, or maybe you just outright don't care and you're just doing whatever you want to do. It's going to affect them. And that could eventually affect their generation. So you can end up having generations of people that are, are dealing with sin that really, if you would have just been repentant for, I would have just been repentant for, it would have been squashed and we would have just been able to move on and none of that would have carried on to our families or our our kids' families or, or their families. And I know we don't like to think of the God that judges from, you know, the sins of the father. <laughs> it's actually really funny. I don't know if you've ever seen Christmas with the Cranks. That's a really funny movie. We're coming in the holiday season. <laughs> there was this one part, and I'll never forget this one part. Uh, so Christmas with the Cranks, if you haven't seen it, they decide, hey, we're not going to go on. Uh, we're not going to celebrate Christmas at all. So Tim Allen and his wife, they say, we're not, we're not celebrating Christmas, and we're going to just do whatever we want to do. We're going to go on a vacation and their daughter just went to college. So they go on a vacation they go do their own. They're, they're planning everything. They don't do in the holiday cards. They're not doing any of the festivities, but there's this one scene where I guess every year as, as a tradition, they put their, they put their snow, this big uh, snowman on the roof. And so long story short, they don't put the snowman up and there's a specific individual who kind of is the neighborhood. I don't know. I guess the neighborhood, He's kind of like the mayor of the neighborhood. But uh, anyways, this gentleman, he, uh, he ends up getting pretty frustrated that they're not putting the snowman up. And long story short, the, the script flips. And basically, the daughter that was going to college ends up coming home with a boyfriend. And now they're scrambling to cancel their plans where they were going to go. And they're all going to stay. And there's this one part where they need the entire neighborhood to rally around them to get their house ready because they have done nothing because they're planning on going on vacation. And this, this figure, the mayor of the neighborhood will call him. He says, now should, should, uh, their daughter pay for the sins of the father because he didn't put his snowman up. He didn't pay, he didn't decorate for Christmas. And it's just such a hilarious part. Like we will not let her pay for the sins of the father. Let's work together and get this house all ready for Christmas. And so they all did it. I say all that only because there is a, re- a legitimate truth to the fact that like when we're not obedient in our life, uh, that our families suffer for it. Maybe it's because we've made poor financial decisions. Maybe it's because we've, um, we've had strongholds of immorality. Maybe it's that we are just manipulative and deceitful. Maybe there's just anger and fill in the blank. And we just are consistently brought to a place where we know what we need to change and the Lord is asking us to do and we're not doing it. And there are repercussions for that, right? 
It also could be in the things that God's calling us to in our life. There could be things that God's calling us to that maybe seem scary where we say, man, Lord, I don't know that I want to leave my comfort and step into this place. But we miss out if we don't. There's so much that he has for us if we were to step out and to just trust him. The other thing that we think of is when it comes to, you know, and this is hard too, is whether it's giving in our finances, um, stepping out and saying, Lord, I trust you with maybe giving you this amount of money that I'd giving it to your church or giving it to a nonprofit or whatever. And I know that it, I'm going to feel it. Like I, I feel it. It hurts. There's so many areas that we could go on and on and on about obedience, but it's such a real thing in our life and our hearts. And I think so, I love so much and I love so much about this devotional too with new morning mercies is, you know, we just, we don't just see where God is asking us to be obedient but you know what the most beautiful thing is that I love so much is that we actually see where Christ was obedient to everything that he said he was going to do. So when you look at all of the prophecies that he fulfilled and you look at how the Lord sent his only son so we could have eternal life and so that we Unlike Saul, we can come before the Lord and we can actually go to God directly. We don't need a prophet and the Holy Spirit can convict us. and We can say, oh, Lord, I am sorry for my sin. Like, I, yes, I have been disobedient and I need a Savior. I, need, I repent and I want to move forward. We see that God does that in our life and then we are able to step forward and we're able to accomplish everything that he has for us. And I think that when we think of that word obedient, how Christ was obedient to everything that he said that he was going to do, as well. And that is so encouraging because, you know, Jesus never asks us to do anything that he wasn't willing to do himself. And I'm so thankful that we can come into this holiday season and we celebrate the birth of our Savior and we see that he was born in a manger and we all come around this whole beautiful Christmas story. And it's a story of encouragement. It's a story of empowerment. It's a story of salvation, and it gives us the ability to confront our disobedience, our fleshly hearts, and to know that we have a Savior who loves us, who cares for us, and who is able to take that rebellious heart and able to to make it soft and make it obedient. And the thing that I love so much is the Holy Spirit is so committed to making us like the person of Jesus. You know, I want to encourage you today, wherever you are, you know, you're driving, you're listening to this podcast, um, ask the Lord, God, what is it in my life that I'm not being obedient about? What are some things that I need to repent of? And what are some areas that maybe I need to uh, even ask someone else to forgive me about so that I can really step into who you've called me to be and what you, what you desire for me in my life? I always say this to my friends. I have a really, really close friend. His name is Luke Walter. He's an amazing guy. Luke, if you're listening, I love you so much. But um, I always say to Luke and him and I always say, you know, we can accomplish anything, anything great that you can accomplish in your life. That's awesome. And if everyone celebrates you, but if you end up standing before the Lord and he looks at you and he says, oh man, John, if only you would have been obedient. You just had no idea what I had for you. If you were, if you just would have said yes, if you just would have listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, I just had so much more for you. I don't know that there's anything more terrible that you could hear is that the God of the universe looking at you and just saying, "Man, I had so much more for you 
than what you accomplished. And if only you would have been obedient. And I always tell my friend, Luke, man, I just want to stand before the Lord. And I pray for this all the time in my own life. Like, Lord, let me live my life where I know I'm not going to be perfect. I know I'm going to make mistakes. I know there's going to be times where I have to admit my mistakes and, and ask for help. And But I pray that when I stand before you, you would be able to say, John, you, you, yeah, you had some struggles, buddy. But, man, you got up. You consistently repented, and you, you accomplished everything that I had for you. I'm so proud of you. Now, obviously, we can only stand justified before God through the work of Christ, but we do have these things in our life called works, and they will be tested by fire. They will be shown whether or not they had any value. I pray that we all will accomplish everything that the Lord has for us in our life, and I so believe that. I so believe that all of us have things that God has gifted us in, and he desires for us to to really live a life that will uh, change lives and challenge other people uh, to live on mission for Jesus. Man, I hope this podcast encouraged you today. I know it's kind of deep and I know it's a little bit different, but man, I love you all. And as always, live one for one.